Hey guys, this is Sean Cannon. You know me better as Mike Barnes, Karate's Bad Boy, and you're listening to the Dead TV Podcast. And if you're not listening to it, then your karate's a joke. Welcome to the Dead TV Podcast, a podcast dedicated to any all television shows that are canceled in the sci-fi, fantasy, and horror genre. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mr. Seneca. Tonight, we are covering episodes 15 and 16, Eric's show, because there's no <laughs> werewolves in the first episode that we cover. <laughs> wow. I... Try and defend that one. I mean, seriously, did I blink or fall asleep? But well, there were no werewolves in the first episode, right? Well, I mean, other than Eric and someone that played a werewolf in Silver Bullet, you know, which was two years before this episode came out. So there's a little bit of werewolf there. <laughs> Try and defend this. This this was like, I, I'm just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm just, what the hell is going on? Well, we get an overabundance of werewolves in the second episode on this on this podcast. So okay, <laughs> yeah, point. we do. All right. Uh, Werewolf, Season 1, Episode 15, Blood on the Tracks, originally aired Sunday, November 1st, 1987. Taking a job with the railroad, Eric meets and befriends a former prizefighter who is a childhood idol of his, who is on the run from the mob after he refused to throw a fight, but a barroom brawl draws the mob's attention to the man. Yeah, I I like this episode because it had a really good uh, feeling to it especially with the prize fighter who is played uh, by Everett McGill, who was also the Reverend Lowe on Silver Bullet. As soon as I saw him and like right in the beginning, you know, he kind of vouches for Eric without even talking to the guy. Uh, I was like, well, you know, it takes one to know one, you know, werewolves. <laughs> yeah, I knew I recognized him from somewhere. I didn't look up the IMDb until I was done with the episode. But, oh, no. I, I recognized him immediately. I'm like, wait a minute. He's a werewolf, too. And then I immediately had to look it up exactly where, which werewolf property I recognized him from. But yeah, Silver Bullet. That's a good movie. Yeah, I completely forgot that the Reverend was the werewolf in that. Um, I wonder if that would inspire Black Mass years later. Don't know. Have you ever seen that show on Netflix? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, one of those... Um, uh, Haunting of Hill House, um, The House Fall of the House of Usher, Mike Flanagan. He's created all these shows for Netflix. Mm, okay. And uh, the running, a lot of actors kind of carry over from show to show. They're all self-contained seasons. 
Um, the the biggest star among all four shows is um, Henry Thompson. Okay. Best known as Elliot in E.T. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. He plays a character in every single season of this uh, the show. Um, it's it, it's there are some heavy religious undertones, but there there's sometimes it's just it's just a lot of like dense dialogue. But uh, Black Mass was incredible. Just don't get attached to anybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so John is thrown from the train for being a hobo because that's what you do. Um, yeah, not having a 19, 1987. What year did Throw Mama from a Train come out? Oh, you're trying to pop quiz me. That's not a fact I have at my fingertips. I know, but do you remember that movie? I do, yeah. Throw Mama from a Train was also in 1987, starring Billy Crystal and um, Danny DeVito. Yes. And that mean old bitch from The Goonies. <laughs> she plays a good one. She did. Apparently, she definitely did. Um, typecast, but hey, got her work. Um, so he ends up in this, uh, small town and let me tell you something, um, Eric should train with this guy because he can't fight worth a damn in any episode he's ever in. He does get his ass handed to him a lot. Yeah. Considering he's got this supernatural monster living inside him. Um, you think he would have learned a thing or two, you know, or like have enhanced strength or something, but I guess it doesn't work that way because neither does David Banner, right? Well, it seems that as you get older as a werewolf, you get stronger and your powers just increase. So he's a newly made werewolf. So he's still more human than werewolf. I guess so. You know, on the track, so he is looking for a job and, uh, you know, sweet Jake Williams actually uh, vouches for him. But uh, he's offered the job at $25 an hour for a nine-hour day. And in today's money, that would be $67 an hour. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah, $25 an hour today would be $67 an hour. I guess that's what, like, um, man, who makes $67 an hour today? Like, mechanics charge that much per hour, but but they're not bringing home $67 an hour to fix your car. No, but I'm sure that, you know, this is... Risky business, it's heavy labor, it's dirty, you know, those types of jobs definitely pay more. Right. They um I was watching Godzilla minus one again and they uh to to go into the sea around Japan and collect all of the mines that the Americans and Japanese left there, mm-hmm. they paid like three thousand um three thousand yen mm-hmm. a mine in nineteen forty five. Yeah, that is good, good money. But of course, yeah, high risk. Insanely dangerous. You're you're collecting mines, um, yeah. which they ended up using against Godzilla. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a wonderful movie. I saw it twice the same weekend. Did you see it in minus? Did you see minus one minus color? I have not, not yet. Okay, yeah, I just saw it minus one minus color, and just an incredible film. People, if you have not seen this movie, and we 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 would talk about we talk about a TV show where a guy is depressed and suicidal and. You know, and and um, he's on a kamikaze mission himself, Eric, um, just to to find uh, Skrzeny. And the 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 the, the plot of minus one isn't as much about Godzilla coming ashore to wreck um, the country, um, even though he is the the hubris of our of our um, testing of atomic weapons. But it's about a kamikaze pilot who didn't kill himself in World War II, and he feels great shame as a coward for doing for not doing it. There's so much more for him to live for until there isn't. And he realizes he has to kill himself to stop Godzilla. It's such a great film. It's, it's, it's 
I mean, it should win all those Academy Awards it got nominated for. Yeah. John meets his like childhood idol, this this prized fighter, um, who through a fight. This seems to be like a common theme with like boxers in 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 fiction about throwing fights for the mob. Uh, Matt Murdock's father uh, was supposed to throw a fight for the mob, but he knew his son was in the audience despite the fact he had just lost his sight and he couldn't throw the fight. For, uh, he wanted to prove that his his father was a great fighter. But Are you talking I, Daredevil? I, yeah. Ah. This is that this is that plot line. Well, this is, how yeah. Matt loses, this is how Matt loses his dad. His dad doesn't throw the fight, and then he ends up getting killed. I mean, how prevalent is the mob in boxing? It was probably prevalent enough to have so many storylines based around it. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's like dozens of storylines like this. Yeah, and and Sweet Jake keeps up with his uh, training routine. Like he practices with the heavy bag. He runs five miles a day. He eats steak and salad. You know, he he's definitely still at the top or at least close to the top of his physical fitness. He works a demanding uh, train job. So um, even though his family is like picking up and moving all the time because they're still kind of on the run from the mob, you know, he keeps it up, you know, and, and he does a lot in this episode with his fist. True. They're just like the whole episode, though. It's it it's just not like a plot line out of werewolf at all, because there's no there's no threat of the werewolf. There's no threat of John changing. You know what I mean? Yeah, he seems to change. Like once the at the end of the episode, once the mob actually finds Sweet Jake and wants to shoot him, Eric gets shot in the shoulder, and then immediately it's like he changes and busts his fist through the door to attack the mobster that shot him. So so it's like a a response, you know, protective response. So he he gets hurt and then boom, he turns into the werewolf and Sweet Jake sees this and he's of course stunned by it. The mobsters are obliterated by Eric. And uh, then at the end of the episode like they're still friends. You know, he's not afraid of Eric in any sort of way. Um his wife even packs him a lunch to go. But we like we 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 get and I clocked it in. We get maybe approximately five seconds, maybe ten, and then oh, he takes it. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> well, you know, not all the stories need to revolve around him needing to find a place to change and all the the pomp and circumstance involved with his condition. This is just a humanity story. You know, he makes a friend helps out that friend while still being on the run. So when the sheriffs come to uh, Sweet Jake's house in order to find Eric, because Eric in earlier in the episode was in a bar fight where Sweet Jake kind of defended him because the, the guy Bill picked up a, a pipe to beat him, um, which is not a fair fight. And so, of course, you know, Sweet Jake jumps in and, and you know, pummels the guy. Right the fear on Eric's face, like he saw that like sheriff's here. Oh, you know, so, you know, he, person on the run also understands person on the run. So, you know, there's camaraderie there. And I think that really played well. It was very much a good buddy element episode. Yeah. I just, I, I'm here for werewolves. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> 
in 10 seconds of it is just not enough for me. I mean, we don't get a lot of werewolf in the show to begin with, but it's, it's, I expect more from what I, what I want in my werewolf show. You know, understandable. I, I like it when Eric makes a difference and that there is a resolution to you know, the people that he meets along the way. You know, there's an arc and something has happened and it gets resolved because Eric's involvement. I like that. Gotcha. Well, why don't we move on to the next episode? Next episode. Episode 16, Nightmare at the Brain Hotel. Originally aired Sunday, November 8th, 1987. In a rundown hotel in a town where a slasher has killed seven people, Eric checks in after inquiring about Skrzeny. He meets several people staying at the hotel, including a man in black who reveals that he is also a werewolf born in 1468. Ooh. Now, this one was very weird. I liked it, but it was also very weird because you're not exactly sure what really happened in reality. Mm. You know, the, the episode starts with Eric trying to find a place to have shelter for the night. And he wakes up at a terminal and the janitor wakes him up and he sees the the newspaper that says that uh, the slasher has killed seven people. But at the end of the episode, when he wakes there up there again and the newspaper instead says that a blaze destroys the a landmark hotel. So you're not sure if all of that was a dream or some sort of thing happening. It's very weird and I I I really like weird. I like it when you can watch an episode over and over again and then get a little bit more each time. Mhm. So in this episode we have an old man on his deathbed werewolf. We have a um lady at the counter um checking in werewolf, you know, who's who's basically older than the werewolf that he meets in his room. So then there's the the room werewolf. Um, servant and uh, it, it all seems so creepy and it's like uh, Scorzeni checks into this hotel occasionally and so you know Eric is trying to track him down you know passes Scorzeni's name and Marta the lady at the counter is so just uh, laughingly weird I, like I don't even know how to describe it she's she's kooky She's um, unhinged. And Marta is played by Ellen Crawford. And Ellen Crawford uh, has also been in The Man from Earth as Edith. And in uh, most recently, an episode of The Rookie as Shirley. But she's been in a lot of things. Um, was in the show ER as Nurse Lydia Wright for 113 episodes. Hmm. Yeah, I remember on I remember her on that. Um I remember she was also um um one of uh Jack's uh floozies on Three's Company. Um that oh. he would always try and, you know, get into bed with. Um nice. and uh she she's still working today. She was just on the rookie, which I can't even believe that show was still on the air. That's the Nathan Fillion show where he's like a forty year old cop. Oh. After like three or four seasons, though, how often, how how much can you still be called the rookie? <laughs> uh, at some point, you become the amateur. <laughs> yeah, that need to change the title of the show. Regardless, though, I I I only ever watched the first episode of it, but yeah, she so she's on the uh, 
she's on an episode of that. Also, the actor who plays uh, Servin uh, Dumbbell, he um, he's dead. He passed away in 2012, but he was a Rob Zombie staples actor, having been in a lot of the Rob Zombie films. Um, but he was King Titus Cromwell in The Sword and the Sorcerer, um, and he was uh, Rostov in uh, Invasion USA, which is a classic Chuck Norris cheesy film from the 80s. Um, but uh, he was Reverend Hawthorne in The Lords of Salem, if you've ever, ever seen that film. I have not. Uh, yeah. his, name is, his name is Richard Lynch, and he was also in Halloween as Principal Chambers. Or Halloween 2007, I should say. Yeah, the Rob Zombie one. Yeah. Yeah, so this this hotel, which is very run down. Like Hotel Werewolf. Is, huh? Like you said Hotel Werewolf. Uh, yeah, hotel. Um very run down. You know, it, it looks like it's very decrepit. There the light in his room doesn't work. He has to have a, a shared room because he can't have a room by himself. I do um, love the uh, old woman is like um um, you know, there's a lonely bed. Yeah, she's kind of flirty with him. I'm not sure if she knows immediately that he too is a werewolf, but when he drops Scorzeni's name, I think she puts it together. Definitely. And and the the all the instances of the daughter tending to the old man on his deathbed werewolf. It's very dreamlike, you know, which is why I'm not quite sure what is reality here. She's in a flowing white gown and invites Eric into her room, hands him a gun in order to shoot her father. And then we get this, like, the growls and whatnot, so you know that he's also a werewolf and he's just too weak and decrepit to actually take care of himself. However... If you're a werewolf, it seems that you have a unreasonably long life. So was he older than Marta? Because Marta was the person that turned uh, Servan Dombo in 1468. So she's older than that. And this old man definitely looks older than Marta. So I don't know. You know, I don't complete... know what the what the age of your turn has an effect on you. It's a complete mystery. Yeah. Strange episode. Good, but strange. Right. Especially considering that we like, we end the episode exactly where we pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the beginning of the episode with the, with the, um, the janitor. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it's exactly the same. Um, so we don't know if all that was a dream or, Time I think shift. it was all a dream because he looks, he's in the exact same clothes, the exact same genre, it's the exact same place that he was falling asleep. So I then how, how much of that is influenced by perhaps Servant Dombell's werewolfism? Because he says that as his power grows stronger, he invades every, the dreams around him. So if he was around, then maybe his influence over his dream at the terminal tells this story i'm not sure mm, yeah i just i really think it was just entirely a dream and uh it was just all for nothing didn't make it a terrible episode until you find out it's all a dream but that what's that is what makes it intriguing for me 
It's like, I want to find the deeper meaning in things. And and I'm probably going to watch this episode, aside from the episodes that we do for this podcast, I'm probably going to watch this one at least another time because it is so intriguing. I like a good mystery. And this adds a little bit to the werewolf mythos in the show, you know, such as... Um, just how incredibly long a werewolf's life can be. And uh, Servan says that he can no longer eat humanly food. He can no longer eat like a human. So he occasionally still has to dip in blood, whatever that means. So I'm not sure if that means that he has to taste blood or if he has to kill. And that's what truly feeds him. But he's got this like, weird octopus tattoo on his skull and over his face that he says that he got when uh, he was about to be hanged. And then when he was hanged, waking up afterwards, uh, certainly surprised everyone around him. And he's been trying to find death for 150 years. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. And how much of that truly is within the werewolf vamp... I keep saying vampire... Uh, werewolf mythos um i i don't know but it i i like it i really like it it's creepy it has you know the such ambiance about it what do you think of um certain fans who are just like god i wish the show could have gone for 10 seasons i'm like no this show could have gone on for maybe two or three seasons more that is it 10 seasons of him running around trying to find this guy. FYI, for spoiler work for a show that's 30 years old, there's more to the mystery about uh, the progenitor of the werewolf curse than we're, we are led to believe. Um, But 10 seasons of this show? I don't think so. John, I don't know, would have stuck with it. I mean, he would, he, it, in another universe, it would have completely interfered with his career in soap opera. Yeah. Could they have done it with some of the character? Sure, but then it'd just be the repeat of the same the John the the Eric story with um just some someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean it, that's kind of what I thought about the the Alamo Joe episodes. Like if you were passing the torch, that would be a good way to do it. Um, so if if this was going to go from season to season, where we're basically following the trail of the werewolf infection that would be a, a direction for the show. Like it passes the torch to someone else. They have the werewolf syndrome and then they have to find whoever is the head of this brood, as I say in the show, that would be something, you know, but you'd have to have someone as good of an actor as Eric is in this to, in order to keep the show alive. Right. Um, I just don't, I just don't, I just, I, 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 I know people are like diehard fans of the show, just like Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, I think could have gone into a fourth season, um, to, you know, get to a hundred episodes, but at some point you're going to collect all the objects again, the show needs to end. You know what I mean? Um, Friday the 13th had a lot of great plot lines and it, that's why it went for three seasons. Um, just too bad. We never got the resolution to it, but with this show, I, I just, Maybe another season or two, at most. Maybe. I mean, Forever Night ran for 
three seasons and it had a terrible ending. I would not want to have wanted to see that happen here. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're moving from the half-hour format to an hour format, then there's a little bit more meat on the bones of the storylines. And that would, I guess, kind of make sure that second and third season had a little bit more oomph to it. You have more time to get to know characters and develop arcs. Um, But would it have lasted? uh, I don't know. How long did The Incredible Hulk last? Uh, Five seasons. So, I mean, it's the same type of story. So and, uh, the maybe five seasons for five or six seasons. Yeah, so equal amount of time at least, unless unless the audience would just kind of be bored of this type of storyline, you know. And by that time it would be, you know, early nineties, you know, ninety ninety one. So uh, maybe they would just gotten tired of it. I would have liked to see more episodes, but I also would have liked to see them longer. And if had they done a second season, that was kind of the plan. Mm, yeah, that's the other thing the show could have uh, benefited from. Some of these episodes' plot lines are a little bit too fast. Um, mm-hmm. And they definitely could have, uh, let's see, 22-minute episodes. So are averaging about 37 minutes after commercials, right? Roughly 30, 42 minutes, maybe? Mm, about that. Without opening credits, too, um, and ending credits. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just there's definitely a, a large handful of episodes that could have gotten a good, you know, an extra werewolf scene in. Because, you know, you watch an Incredible Hulk episode, he turns into the Hulk twice. Um, we get one werewolf transformation if we get it. Last episode, we got it for 10 seconds. Yeah. And in this one, uh, he doesn't actually turn. No. We, we don't get a lot of werewolf stuff. It, it, it's like uh, Supernatural with the claws and fangs, and that's about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Marta changes a little bit, but we don't see really anything else, but it's you know alluded to that the old man is a werewolf and whatnot. Um, so we don't, don't get that full transformation, but I, I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. It's weird, and I liked it. That's all the notes I have for these two episodes of Werewolf the Series on the Dead TV podcast. Yeah, that's all the notes I have as well. Um, I, I'd like to think that at least part of this wasn't exactly a dream. Some of it is happening kind of away from him. So, you know, I'll, I have, I'll have a headcanon that I'm developing when I watch this again. Gotcha. You can find us over on the Dead TV Podcast uh, Facebook page, or you can find us on the Werewolf Group on Facebook, or on Twitter at ChrisDSAB or at Elegantly Kinky. If you wish to send us an email, you can, thatradiopar at gmail.com. Please check out our recent episode um, before this one where we interviewed Sean Kanan from Karate Kid Part 3, um, soap opera star who was made his career appearing for the first time ever on Werewolf the Series in the Halloween episode. It was a lot of fun to have him on the show. Go over his website, order his book, audiobook, order a picture from him. Um, and again, we thank Sean for coming on the show. And was, we'll be back. It was so great talking to him. Yeah, it was fantastic. Mr. Zeneca did an incredible job editing the episode, and uh, he did Thank a soundbite as well, which is fantastic to, to have to our soundbite collection. 
And don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, leave a, um, what should we call it, a uh, rating, review on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, Google Play. Don't just uh, send us messages on the uh, social media or on the werewolf group. Please send us a message. Like I said, email the read on the air, thatradiopar at gmail.com. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with another couple exciting episodes of Werewolf the Series. Good night.